let's drill down a bit deeper into the question of how baptism connects to salvation. Does baptism save? That's one question. First, I find it helpful to think about Old Testament circumcision and New Testament baptism as rites of initiation into the believing community. In the Old Testament, the rite of initiation into the believing community was circumcision. In the New Testament, the rite of initiation into the believing community is baptism. Let's start with circumcision. Why circumcision? Well, because Abraham's point of powerlessness and death was his inability to have children. So by calling Abraham to be circumcised, God was marking him in the exact place of his death and showing where God would bring new life. Baptism is similar. Jesus referred to his own cross as his upcoming baptism. He went there not just for us. Jesus was crucified as us. And then when we believe that same work is done in us. God himself, according to Colossians 2, performs an inward circumcision, which is the cutting away of our sinful nature, Colossians 2.11. So the cross, the baptism is for us. He does it as us and he does it in us. And it's all him who does it. It's all him. It's all grace and it's all love. The word baptize literally means to immerse. And the whole old me, the body of death, is immersed in the waters of baptism where it is buried with Jesus in his death. And then a whole new me emerges out of the waters of baptism like Christ out of the tomb on Easter morning. And the new me is the me in Christ. The real me is the new me. And from now on, I'm called to reckon that as the truth, and I'm called to receive that, which means I'm no longer a dirty, rotten sinner with nothing but a deceitful and wicked heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that there are hearts that are that way, but that's what we were, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. That's not what we are. That's why Jesus died. And that is precisely what was put to death on the cross and left behind in the waters of baptism. Apart from Christ, I would have no good in me, but I'm not apart from Christ. Let's draw out a few more connections. Old Testament circumcision was not meant to save. Rather, it was the ritual whereby people were initiated into the covenant community, and that covenant community was the only community that had the stories, the rituals, the sacrifices, and the divinely cultivated way of life that was intended to help direct people's hearts to God, who alone saves. So, The divine intention was that the people who were circumcised outwardly would also be circumcised inwardly, which is to say they were meant to have the faith of Abraham. So what does it mean to be outwardly circumcised but inwardly uncircumcised? Stephen describes his hearers as being uncircumcised in heart and ears right before they picked up stones to kill him. One point is that people can belong to the community be circumcised, participate in the rituals, participate in the sacrifices, and yet fail to love God, honor God, walk with God, know God. And they're lost. Outward signs do not guarantee inward realities. Or as Paul said in Romans 2, 28 and 29, circumcision never saved any Jews. 
similar to how circumcision in the Old Covenant didn't save, baptism in the New Covenant doesn't save. Rather, baptism initiates us into the believing community that has the stories, the sacraments, the symbols, and the signs that are intended to nourish our faith in Jesus. Of course, it is always and only Jesus who does the saving. Outward participation in the life of the community is meant to establish and strengthen our relationship with God. That's how it's supposed to work. But let's keep drilling down even deeper. Let's look at an interesting statement that Paul made in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Oh yeah, I also baptized the household of Stephanus, but beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That's fascinating, isn't it? Paul doesn't even remember who all he baptized while he was in Corinth, nor does he care. And then he says that Christ didn't send him to baptize, but to preach the gospel. If baptism were salvific, don't you think Paul would make more of it? Here's another example. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 was completely filled with the Holy Spirit of God by Jesus before Peter baptized him. It's all out of order if you were making a rigid pattern out of Acts chapter 2. So Peter reasons like this. Hmm, Cornelius and his family are already accepted by God, evidenced by spirit baptism. Therefore, it wouldn't be fitting for me to deny Cornelius and his family initiation into the church through water baptism. Of course, it was controversial, but here's Peter's logic. Spirit baptism is greater than water baptism. Here's another observation about Peter and Cornelius. We never want to have our bar of acceptance into the church be different from Jesus' bar for acceptance into the kingdom. Some people treat baptism nowadays just like the Judaizers treated circumcision in Paul's days, quoting scripture to tell other people that were already saved that unless you're circumcised according to the law of Moses, you can't be saved, Acts 15.1. Like, just put the word baptism in there and you go, oh yeah, I can see that. Unless you're baptized according to the law of Paul or Jesus or whatever, you cannot be saved. And, and while we're here, I can say this. I will admit I'm super confused as to why any Christian would not be baptized. I can't think of a single good reason not to be baptized. And you go, oh, well, the thief on the cross was saved without baptism. I, yeah, I know. But if he had survived, he certainly would have been baptized immediately. The harm is in trusting in your baptism, which is something you do for God, instead of what Jesus did. Trusting in baptism instead of trusting in Jesus to somehow make you right with God. So are you saying that baptism doesn't do anything? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying water baptism points to the real baptism of union with Jesus in his death and resurrection for us, as us, and in us. Another thing, I think those who are obsessing over making sure that the exact right words are said and the exact right mode or who did it has to be the pastor, it can't be my buddy Joe, I think those people are missing the point. These are the sort of people who were always spying on the Jesus people to try to lasso them into some sort of legalism. These are the sort of people who were always spying on Jesus to find something he was doing that violated their interpretation of the Bible so they could accuse him of something. Contrary to some people's opinion, there will be people in heaven who died believing wrong things. And there will be people in hell who died believing right things. Because we're not reconciled to God by us doing good works, including us doing the good work of holding to perfect theology. I know it feels good to think of ourselves as being right and to think of others as being wrong. It feels very pleasing to be righteous through being right. But this is just another form of self-righteousness that Paul would consider dung next to knowing 
Jesus. Here's another thing that concerns me about how some of us think about baptism. The same speech that Stephen gave to his circumcised Jewish contemporaries could just as easily be given to many of our baptized American Christian friends. They're in a Christian culture. They're in a Christian belief system. They've said the prayer. They've been baptized. Maybe they even regularly attend church. But it's possible to do all that and yet actively resist the voice and presence and heart of the Lord. There are false converts. Jesus said many in his day, with their lips draw near, but with their hearts are far, Matthew 15, 8. And in some churches, they can become twice the sons of hell that they were before they even began. That's Jesus's words to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 15. And I say, God help us. And here's my final point. Baptism ought to embed a person deeply in the life of a local church. I have never yet seen a person who responded to a message, got baptized, but then was disconnected after that from the local church who ended up thriving. So, can one be saved without baptism? Of course. Should one 